this season. To be on this earth to represent you. To worship you. To give thanks to you. To honor you. To serve you. Holy Spirit, lead us today. That we see that it's not about us, but it's about others. It's to those that God has called us to touch, to love, to build, to reach. We surrender, Lord. Speak to your church today. Put us on the watchman's wall. Have our ears ready to hear and our heart ready to be reproved. that we can bring so many into the kingdom over the coming weeks that it just amazes us and others because it's not about numbers it's about souls it's about your kingdom we give you glory today as you speak to us as you give us our marching orders for this weekend coming up Lord Easter we give you praise in Jesus name oh come on give God a big shout if you would come on give God Come on, give God a big shout. Come on. Sing it while they go back to their seat. Shake someone's hand. Give them a high five. Oh, yeah. Come on, give Jesus a big shout, somebody. Come on, give Jesus a big shout. Shout that name. Shout that name, Jesus. Come on, one, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Give him a shout. Say, Pastor, why are you, you kind of just getting us to shout? We've been worshiping. Man, has the worship been awesome or what? Have you enjoyed worshiping today? Oh, come on now. Man, I love it. I, I, just, I just love it. I love to come out and worship. I love the fact that we have a church that's not full of spectators and imitators, but people that love to worship. And that's a good thing because today I have a message for the church. Not so much for you that are visiting, I think it'll help you, but for the body of Christ, for this house, to get us ready for this coming weekend. I know this is spring break weekend and a lot of families are still traveling home or getting themselves together for the coming week where they've been out on spring break. I have a message for you today that's been bubbling in my spirit now for two months. And uh, man, it's just been rocking me. I tried to give it in the first service and I had to pick what I couldn't put in because this thing could be much more than what I was able to give today but I'm going to make it a little more concise for you and talk quickly so you need to get it as we come into this season this time we, we've been teaching you for the last five weeks about walking in God's favor and helping you to come through the understanding by studying the life of Job and the life of Joseph that favor is on you even in the bad times just as well as it is in the good times. We as the body of Christ think a lot of times God's favor is just on the children of God when we're doing good or we're getting good results and good things are happening. But what I've taught you and Pastor Mark has taught you over the past five weeks is that no, favor, God's favor 
is always there. It's a matter of us positioning ourselves to reveal it, to expose it, to, to, to know it's there. And today I'm going to share a message with you that, that, that is so on my heart and it's entitled Judah's Kiss. You know, a lot of times we look at this week, and we should. This is the week of celebration. This is the week that Jesus rode in on a donkey into Jerusalem. Everyone told him not to, don't go there. But he did it anyway because it was his mission, it was his purpose, it was his destiny. And as he's riding in on the donkey, the week begins well. Because it's called Passion Week for a reason. It's having a passion for the coming of the Messiah. But most of those people didn't realize that was the Messiah on the donkey riding into the city. And as he's riding into the city, the palm leaf branches are waving and there's a party going on. People from all over the world come back for this week. And it leads into Passover. And uh, man, they're excited. They're, they're pumped up. It's a big street party. This Jesus dude is famous. People have heard his name. He's become a celebrity to many. And it is a time to be passionate. We know how, as Christians, how that week ended. You see, we understand that after the Passion Week, what? Came the arrest, came the, the false accusation, the trial, the cross. But then there was the tomb and the resurrection, right? And then there was the, the, the passing on of Paracletos, the Holy Spirit, onto us and the, Jesus going to the right hand of the Father. And we understand that, but at that time, people really didn't get what was going on. And it was a big celebration of this Passover. And, and you know, in this time as Christians, and right, it's right to do so, is we focus so much on the main one, which is Jesus, right? I mean, Jesus is the one going through the pain. Jesus is the one that sacrificed, that first loved us, that left the throne of God, the right hand of God, to come down into a virgin and to be born of a virgin in a manger, in a barn, and to walk this earth for 33 and a half years and to be punished for our sins and to be ridiculed and lied upon and mocked. Of course, he's the man, the God-man. And we honor him. But there's another player in the story that is very relevant as well. And this person in this story is in the life and the story of Jesus is one that we don't want to talk about a lot. We definitely don't want to name our children after him, right? Judas, the betrayer, the traitor. The one that gave the fatal kiss to the Son of God to reveal who he was so that he could be captured. We, we don't want to name our sons Judas. We'll name them Matthew, Mark, John, Peter, Paul, Bob, George, anything but Judas. Why do we not want to name them Judas? We don't want to name them Judas because in one moment, Judas changed everything with a kiss. You see, what I want you to realize about favor and what I want you to realize about this Passion Week with Christ is that we as Christians avoid unwanted circumstances. We avoid pain. We avoid hurt. We avoid betrayal. But what's interesting, Jesus called by name betrayal and traitor and pain and backstabber into his life and embraced him. 
So there's something we can learn always from any action Jesus takes or any words he uses, of course. But man, this one just blew me away as I began to study this out and realize what he was doing. Because when we talk about favors to children of God and the blessing of God and the blessing of Abraham and all that's true, we look at it and we mark it and measure it by what's good and what's happening in our lives. And if things are on a bad roll and some bad things are happening, maybe we're not living the way we should or we need to investigate we're missing God's will or we're missing God's plan or purpose. The problem is we don't read Romans 12 too, which says, Be ye conformed, be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. That word transformed is metamorphosized or metamorphosis. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind to prove what is God's, God's, God's good. Everybody say good. And acceptable. Say acceptable. And perfect will. So let me help you. God does not have a permissive will for you. You either hit, you're either his or you ain't. You're either his boy or your girl or you ain't. You're either a child of God or you're not. You're either blood-bought or you're not. You're born again or you're not. There's no in-between. And there's no permissive will. Well, I guess I'm really rolling. I'm in God's acceptable will. It's all right. But man, I must have been in his good will for a couple years. Man, I got increases. I got promotions. I had great relationships. And then I must have went back in that other will because, man, somebody betrayed me and broke my heart. No, 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 no. Did you notice the conjunction between the good, acceptable, perfect is not good or acceptable or perfect. It's good and acceptable and perfect. It's one. God is good, acceptable, and perfect all the time. Can anyone say amen with me today? And as we begin to understand that premise and we begin to understand God's favor and we look at the life of Christ and we tap into this passion week, this, this time of Palm Sunday that you and I are celebrating, we come on this character named Judas. And, and it's amazing to see how Jesus handled his Judas. I want to ask you, how are you handling your Judas? How are you handling the backstabbers in your life? How are you handling the people that lied on you in your life? How are you handling the betrayers in your life? How are you handling the pain of sickness, the Judas of sickness? How are you handling the Judas of poverty? How are you handling the Judas of racism? How are you handling the Judas of fear? How are you handling the Judas of terrorism? You see, we all face Judas in our life. We all have what? Unwanted circumstances. If there was no problem, there would be no need for you. You see, the reason there was a Joseph is because God needed to solve a problem called a famine. The reason there was a Job, God needed to solve a problem to show that a man could live sold out 100% for God even in the plight of Satan trying to take everything the man had and everything he was. You see, the reason you're here is because there are problems, unwanted circumstances that you can no longer avoid, that you can no longer run from. But you must face up, man up, woman up, because in your problem, in your unwanted circumstances, lies your destiny. God's 
Favor is revealed when you're in unfavorable conditions. Look at me in Luke 22, verses 1 through 6. We start to see this guy named Judas revealed. It says, Now the feast of unleavened bread drew near, which is called Passover. And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, speaking of Jesus, for they feared the people, the mobs, the crowd. Verse 3, Then Satan entered Judas. Surname, surname is Zechariah, who was numbered among the twelve. Not just any twelve, the twelve. Twelve of Christ's inner circles. Twelve of his inner circle, his disciples. So he went on his way and he conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he promised and sought opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of the multitudes. He was going to get them off alone where there was less of a crowd so they could apprehend the Savior. So we see Judas is the betrayer. Judas is the traitor. Judas is the evil one. And we all know what that's like. In fact, we do everything we can do to avoid traitors in our life. We do everything we can do to avoid, avoid evil in our lives. We do everything we can do to avoid pain and discouragement and offense and divisiveness. Who wants that? Why? Because we want to walk in favor. And if you walk in favor, you don't have a bunch of problems. If you do, they're very short term and then you're done with them, right? I mean, if you're walking in favor, you're going to feel good and look good and have provision, right? I mean, when you're in favor, how could you be sick? It must have been a sin from your father or a sin in your life if you're sick. There's got to be some situation other than you're sick. Other than you were born in a cursed world under a cursed ruler named Satan who was given authority through Adam of this world. But when we look at the life of Christ, we see favor. No one would deny his favor. No one would deny the blessing on his life. No one would deny the godliness and the greatness on his life. I mean, he's the one that raised Lazarus from the dead, a friend who had been dead four days. He's the one who walked on water. He's the one who opened blind Bartimaeus' eyes. That guy. But he was also the one that was lied on. He was also the one that was falsely accused. He was also the one that was betrayed. He was also the one punished and beaten undutifully. He was also the one that hung on the cross and died for everyone's sin because he had no sin. But Judas, what about Judas? When you think of Judas, I mean, God, you know, God walked in favor. Well, if Jesus walked in favor, how did he end up on the cross? If Jesus walked in favor, you know, how did he end up being apprehended and beaten like that and lied upon? Well, there's something you need to learn about Jesus because he teaches us something here. He teaches us that the kiss of our betrayer can unlock our destiny. The kiss of our betrayer 
can unlock our destiny. Who likes being turned on? Who likes being someone hurting us? Who, who's a traitor? Who lies on us? Who misrepresents us? But what's interesting about Jesus is he called his traitor out by name and brought his traitor in his inner circle and embraced him. You see, you can't embrace what you fear. You will avoid what you fear. You will hide from what you fear. You will run from what you fear. But Jesus embraced it. And why did he embrace it? He embraced it because he knew that if he faced his unwanted circumstances, it could unlock his destiny. You see, without Judas and his kiss and his betrayal, there would have been no arrest. Without Judas, there would have been no mock trial. Without Judas, there would have been no beating and pain. Without Judas, there would have been no need for a cross. Without Judas, there would have been no resurrection from a tomb. You see, a betrayer was worked right in the middle of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords' life for a purpose. His purpose was to put pressure on the seed and the pressure on the seed when the seed dies in the ground, the life in it comes forth. It has been designed by God. An orange tree seed is designed to produce orange trees. An apple seed is designed to, put apples, to produce apples. A human seed is designed to die and come alive and become a God seed, to become a child of God. Because God has a purpose for every child to fulfill his mission. You see, we're not just in this thing to do better. We're not just in this thing to feel better. We're not just in this thing to avoid pain and to avoid trouble. We're not just in this thing to have a happy ending. We're, in, we're not even in this thing for us. When you're a true child of God, you're in this thing for others. Remember what Christ said about the great commandment? Love the Lord thy God with all, their heart, all of our heart, our mind, or soul. And what? One likened to it, love your neighbor as, you know, you would like to be treated, no, as yourself. Jesus didn't come to be served, he said out of his own lips, but he came to be a servant to all. You know what to make you a servant? Embrace your Judas. Embrace your fear. I didn't say be afraid. I said embrace the opportunity to realize if I will man up and face whatever I fear, what is in me is greater than what's happening to me or around me. The Bible says greater is he, Christ, who is in me, the hope of glory, than he who is in this world. What is going on in every child of God is greater than what's happening to every child of God or around every child of God. And whenever I was studying this out and, pre and, and preparing my heart for this, you know, we look at the whole thing about famine and we look at Joseph and how he had to face a famine. But if there had been no famine, there would have been no need for a Joseph. Does anybody believe that God's favor was on Joseph in his father's house? Anybody believe? Wave at me. Anybody believe that there was favor on Joseph in the pit? Anybody believe that there was favor on Joseph in Potiphar's house? Anybody believe there was favor on Joseph in the jail? What about the palace? 
You see, it's hard for our human mind. You know, we say we believe it. But it's really hard to look at someone and say they're favored because they were doing good and they were put in jail or in slavery. So if we hadn't saw the triumphant ending of Christ and experienced ourselves, wouldn't it be a crazy story to talk about this great teacher that his life ended so badly? What if even a tenth of what they said about him was true? You see, we always find fault or reason based on human results. But Christ is teaching us, don't embrace human results. Embrace the mission. Embrace the plan. Embrace the purpose. Embrace the problem. You were created to solve problems that no one else but you could do. You were created to reach people no one else can reach. You're created to touch people no one else can touch. You're created for a specific use from God, for a specific time, in a specific location. It is important where you're at. It is important what you do. It is important what church family you're with. It's important where you work. It's important what neighborhood you're in. It's important who your spouse is. Da-da-da-da-da. Everything is important because you were designed for a specific purpose. And everything the enemy does is try to change your perception and make your problem your reality. And whenever we see that Jesus in Matthew 10 called out Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him to be a disciple, it rocks our world. The son of perdition. Well, we can just accept that because that was Jesus. Really. Have you had a betrayer in your life? Have you ever been a betrayer? Have you been a traitor? Have you been punished or punished others and been in pain? Sure, we've been all those, and we've had all those things done to us. The key is, what have you done with it? You see, who wants to hear what someone's got to say without a great testimony behind it, without experience behind it? See, when I was studying this out and planning this message for you, it came up in my spirit in a meeting, Psalm 110. 110 verse 1, it says, And the Lord says, my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool under your feet. You see, the key is Jesus took his enemy and made him a footstool. He took Judas, embraced him, and loved him, and even allowed Judas to betray him and give him a kiss. But what Judas didn't realize was all he was doing was becoming a footstool. And then when Christ was falsely accused, and when he was crucified and he rose from the dead, all of the enemy in the hordes of hell became his footstool. So I want to ask you, Are your circumstances, your problems, and your excuses, and your reasons you're not happy, or your excuses that you're not getting what you think is your fair share, or, you know, people should be nicer to you, and you should have your way because it's your way, or whatever it is, or are you saying that hurt, that pain, whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, doesn't matter because it didn't matter for Christ because he took my pain and my sin and my punishment and my betrayal on him 2,000 years ago. So what's the big deal about your pain? Ooh, four of you liked it. Remember the t-shirts? No pain, no gain. 
right? That's what working out is all about. That's what exercise is all about. That's what training for athletic events, whatever. No pain, no gain, except when it comes to church, except when it comes to Christianity. You know, that, that's the place I come to get away from all the gossip. And you're the number one gossiper. That's the place I come to get away from all the hurt. And you're the number one punisher. That's the place I come to get away from all the pain and the world. When you came, the world came because you're of the world. You see, we, we try to separate this thing called church and this thing called our walk with Christ from this thing called career, family, neighborhood, and work. And it doesn't. Jesus took the world and embraced it. Jesus took the very betrayer and embraced him. Jesus took and knew the pain that was coming. He knew the many stripes was coming. He knew the cross was coming. He knew the tomb was coming. But he also knew resurrection day was coming. And I want to challenge you. You got a resurrection day, and all you got to do to rise up is accept the fact that Christ already rose up, and if you accept him, you can rise up with him. And for the church here today, if you've already accepted him as Lord and Savior, it's time to get over it. Well, you know, stop it. But you don't stop it. Well, I gave, stop it. But I should stop it. Dead men don't have any rights. But I feel this way. Dead men don't have feelings. They can't feel. But preacher, I know you feel sometimes. I hear it. Yeah, I do. And then I have to submit it to Christ and let it die. You know what? Sometimes I get poked like a bear in certain areas of my heart to poke it because I still got something alive that needed to die. Maybe that same personality that drives you crazy is an area of your life that you haven't let die yet. Well, I love those people, but those people, they kind of, you know, it's kind of, well, maybe there's something alive in you that needs to be dead under Christ. Because when you accept Judas' kiss, anything that's alive will remain, and it'll become bigger. So we talk, I got the root issue. Wow, doesn't sound like a Palm Sunday message. You know why? Because this is Passion Week. This is time for us to be passion, not for what we want, but for why we're here. It's time to be passionate, not for us, but for others. It's time to realize and sharpen your swords and get your weapons ready because there's real people going to a real hell. No matter what you think or I think. And you and I, there are some of those people that we are the only ones that can reach them. Wow, this is kind of tough, isn't it? So I want to ask you, are you, are you going to let your unwanted circumstances become your stumbling block or your footstool? What, what is that person that bugs you all the time? They, they're your stumbling block or they're your footstool? What, what are you going to do? Let the enemy turn you more cold, more bitter, more hateful? Or are you going to let it make you more loving, more sweet, and more submissive? You see, I get challenged like that all the time by God. I'm, but you should. You're the preacher. Oh, I can't wait, man. You, you know what? You, you think you know something. You really don't get it. 
because I'm just a son just like you're a son or a daughter. God doesn't rank people according to position and titles like the world does. He looks at us one-on-one, baby, one-on-one. And there isn't one that should be more spiritual or less spiritual than anyone else. We're all right there together, humbling ourselves before God. You see, Jesus knew that he had to face his unwanted circumstances to unlock his eternal destiny. But it wasn't just for his destiny, it was for all of our destinies. If he hadn't received Judas' kiss, would we even have an opportunity to be saved? If he hadn't received Judas being a traitor and the pain, would we even have the opportunity to come into the kingdom of God? So we see that unlocking that these unwanted circumstances often are what unlocks our destiny. Look, I'm not who I was because I'm from a year ago, let alone five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 30 years ago. Why? Because if you stay in this journey, God won't let you be like you were. There's been times I wanted to revert back to certain times of my life to be a certain way and have a certain attitude. Oh, my God. I had more Judas's in my face. I just had to kiss them all over because I tell you what, man, God's like, until you accept this and love them just the way they are, then you're not going to love yourself the way you are. Okay, Lord, I got that one. I don't want to learn that again. I don't want to go another lap. What are you saying, preacher? I'm setting you up because at the end of the service, I'll say, I want you to go get on social media. I want you to call people. I want you to knock on doors. I want you to send invitations. I want you to email people. I want you to contact people to invite them because next week I'm going to be sharing a message about eternity. And I'm going to be sharing a message uh, for you. And, and the thing I want you to realize about this is this message is forever in a day. That in one day, the resurrection day, it changed the past, present, future forever. And there are people that when they hear this message, they're going to come to Christ. Hundreds of people that day. But if we don't invite them, it'll just be a good message you hear again. It, that you hear, I mean. But, but, but if we come to the passion to say, I'm going to go out and invite people, it'll change everything. But here's what I want to challenge you. Okay, yeah, we know every Easter you're supposed to invite people. No, no, no. I'm going to put a different challenge. It's time, it's time to up it. Everybody say up it. I want to challenge you to invite someone to church that you may have to pick up yourself that you don't want to be in church with. So they'll probably not like you, probably don't look like you, probably don't like the music you like, probably don't like, you know, the, the stories you like, probably don't dress like you, all that. You know, they probably don't like you either. What are you saying, preacher? I'm challenging you to invite and embrace Judas' kiss. I'm challenging you to invite and embrace your unwanted circumstance. Because if you can embrace what you're trying to avoid, strength will come into you greater than you ever had before. And you will overcome that obstacle once and all for your life, but beyond that, it will grow the kingdom. It's okay to clap right there. That's pretty good. Let me, let me wrap up this with, with a very important point. Whenever we look at this Judas and his kiss, and we come to the fact that Christ invited him in and named him and brought him as part of the twelve, a great comparison to him would be Peter. 
Remember Peter and Matthew, I believe it's 16 or whatever, where whenever he revealed that whenever Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And he said, you are the son of God. You are the Christ, the son of God. And Jesus said, oh, Simon Bar-Jonah. What's that mean? Simon, one who hears, bar, son, Jonah, a dove, which represents spirit. Simon Bar-Jonah, you didn't hear that by anyone on earth. You had to hear it from my father who art in heaven. And I want you to know, Simon, that upon this rock, talking about himself and rock, Petro and Petrus, Simon, Peter, from this day forward you will be surnamed Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Think about that. That was awesome. And then just a little bit after that, a chapter or so, not even a chapter I don't think, we come up to the place where Jesus has given them the final, the big final push, his twelve. He's got them all. He's saying, guys, I'm going to die. I won't be with you for a while. But be of good cheer. I will rise from the dead. And he gave them his rah-rah. This is what it's all about, which is the truth, right? And what did the one who hears the Spirit say? What did Petra, Petros, rock? What did the one that the gates of hell shall not prevail against Jesus say? But Peter... Matthew 16, 22. But Peter, Petros, rock, took him, Jesus, aside. Hey, come here, come here. Took Jesus aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Peter, the dumb fisherman, in trouble, hothead, you get one little pat on the back, you heard something the other 11 didn't, and now you're going to correct your teacher? You're going to correct the Son of God? And really, Peter was only brave enough to do what the other 11 were thinking. Because they were more concerned about what would happen to them if Jesus left, not concerned about Jesus and their positions and their stuff. And it said he began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, and oh, but Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Can you believe that? We look at Peter and go, silly, silly Peter. Silly, silly Peter. Verse 23, Jesus turned to the rock, the one on whom he said he would build his church, Peter, the strong one, the mighty one, and said, get away from me, Satan. You mean I'm the one who hears the Spirit and now I'm the devil? Let me stop right there. Let me help you. That's what Jesus said. He just said shortly before that, you're the only one that heard my Spirit, the Father's Spirit in heaven, and on you I'm going to build the church and the gates of hell. And then he looks right at him and said, Get behind me, devil! Oh my goodness. How could you be the one who hears the Spirit one week and the next week you're the devil? Get away from me, Satan. Look, you are a dangerous trap to me. You're a what else is he saying? You're not just a dangerous trap to me. In the New King James, it says, you are an offense to me. Now, it didn't say I'm offended with you, Peter. It says you are an offense. The word offense means trap or bait. He said, he said Peter, you're a dangerous trap for me. 
You are seeing things, what, what, what? You are seeing things merely from a human point of view. I want to have it my way. I want my husband to be the way I want him to be. I want my wife to be the way I want her to be. I want the school to be the way I want the school to be. I want the world to be the way. I want politics. I want everything. I want the church. I want everything to be the way I want it to be. Why? Just cause. Because I'm a child of God. I'm royalty. And? Think about that. Seeing things from a human point of view versus God's point of view. You see, Peter is preferring comfort over the cross. Why would he say that? Because he is preferring comfort over the cross. And he was asking Christ to compromise his mission. You see, Peter's perception, his human perception, his human love, his human knowledge can make Jesus comfortable. Peter's perception of love can make Jesus maybe even forget his mission or put it off. So what did Jesus say? Get behind me. Because Peter's good intentions of wanting Jesus to avoid the unwanted circumstance was a trap. And what I want to say to you today, church, is this. Jesus knew that sometimes people that love you, even with the best intentions, can cause you to miss your purpose. He loved Peter very much. And if he was going to listen to someone, it would have been Peter or John. And Peter did not understand he was being used by Satan. Was he possessed? No. He just took the human point of view instead of trusting God. And what I want to challenge you today as we close is that don't be so concerned about unwanted circumstances. They propel you to your destiny. They reveal God's favor quicker than everything going good for you. We see that in Matthew 16 over in verses 22, on down there the next few verses, Jesus said this to his disciples. He says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. See, I, I don't get everything the way I want it. I'm the pastor and I still don't. Because i got to hear God's voice and do what God said to do. And that's the way every person here, you need to be that way. You need to hear what God's saying. He said, said, said uh, if any man wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up what? Your cross. Take up your betrayal. Take up your traitors. Take up your pain. Take up the evil that comes against you. Take up the sickness, whatever it is. Don't mean just harbor sickness. I'm just saying, if you're facing sickness, you fight it. The good fight of faith. If you're facing a traitor, you love them anyway, and you fight it. You fight the spirit behind them. Just like Jesus wasn't fighting Peter. He was fighting that spirit, that humanistic spirit that Peter was blinded by. You see, your perception is your reality, but it doesn't make it God's reality. Is this helping anybody? Is this a... What are you doing, preacher? Getting you ready for Sunday. Because I want you to invite and maybe even carpool with your unwanted circumstances. Then it says, uh, 
He said, look, now here's the other side. If you will try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you will give up your life what for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Wow. Then we see, and I won't take time to read it, but in Matthew 26, verses 47 through 52, Judas gives Jesus the kiss. And Jesus is taken in. And right there, I, I do have to read one verse out of that. Whenever Jesus has already told him what's getting ready to happen and Peter had done his deal, on down there in verse 47 in the same chapter, it says that uh, the traitor Judas had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which, which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. So Judas came straight to Jesus greeting the rabbi, which wasn't unusual. They always gave holy kisses. He exclaimed and gave him the kiss. Not just any kiss, the traitor kiss, not the holy kiss. Jesus said what? You devil, come out of my... No, he said, my friend, my friend. Wait, 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 Jesus, this is the traitor. This is the betrayer. This is the one that's going to cause you to be whipped with the cat of nine tails. This is the one that's going to cause you to go through a mock trial. This is the one that cause you to die on a cross. This is the one that's going to cause you to be in a dark tomb alone. No, no. Jesus said, my friend. See, he embraced his unwanted circumstances. Go ahead and do what you come for. You see, he knew the son of perdition had to do what the son of perdition was here to do so that he could make the enemy his footstool forever. Not his, the enemy already was his footstool, but so that we through him could make the enemy our footstool. And then it says, then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him but one of the men, which was Peter, with Jesus, pulled out his own sword and struck the high priest's slave and cut off his ear. Now, Jesus had just called him Satan. And just, you know, what, eight or nine verses later, look what he's doing. He's still disobeying Jesus, his teacher, and he's, he's attacking the unwanted circumstance instead of embracing it. Put away your sword, Jesus told them. Those of you who use the sword will die by the sword don't you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us and he would send them all instantly. But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? Jesus knew that Judas' kiss had to be embraced so Jesus could suffer for our sin, our pain, our punishment so we could be forgiven and come into the kingdom of God as sons and daughters I want to ask you are you willing to embrace your unwanted circumstances to forgive someone that doesn't need, deserve to be forgiven to love someone that doesn't deserve to be loving to to lift up to encourage someone that doesn't deserve to be encouraged that they might come to God we say it around here all the time, Jesus loves me just as I am, not as I should be. How about if we did that for others? We love them just as they are, as a traitor, as a liar, as a backstabber. 
We love them just as they are, not as they should be. Thanks for the kiss, friend. How about it? You see, that's the ultimate test. That's love unconditionally. That's not love from Peter's human perspective. Remember, human love and good intentions can cause you to miss God's plan. But when you always do what's right according to God and when you miss it, repent quickly and go do it anyway. It changes everything forever. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to pray for you. I'm sorry I went over a few minutes, but it's a lot to get in. How many of you in here have a Judas kiss that you need to embrace right now? And you just say, man, I just need to forgive or let go, love. I mean, or, or maybe it's even something you've been battling personally. You need to embrace it and let it go. You need Christ to give you the strength to do it. So that you, maybe it's a sin or an addiction you have that if you embrace and be honest with yourself that you have that sin, that you have that addiction, that's embrace it. Say, okay, own it, basically. I own that I'm addicted. I own that I have this sin. I own that I have this problem. Then it's ready for Christ to remove it from your life. But if you're always in denial, you're not owning it. You're not embracing it. How many of you in here say, you know, I have something there that I, could, that, that, that I need to embrace right now and own it? Wave at me. Hands are going up. Hands are going up. Hands are going up. Okay, keep your hands up. How many in here say, you know what? There's some people, some hurts, some pains. Some people I feel have been traitors or punished me that I need to... I need to embrace. Lift your hand with me now and join with me, join with me, join with me. How many of you say, keep your hands up. How many of you say, you know what? I, I'm the one that punished. I'm the one that was a traitor. I'm the one that, that brought pain. But I want to be forgiven and I want to love everyone and not let any of that hold me back. Keep, put your hands up with these others. See, that's most of us, something, somewhere. Father, I just thank you for every person so transparent and honest today. As we prepare our hearts for Passion Week, as God, we just understand the meaning of the season. That it's not about us, it's about others. It's not about our way, it's about your way. It's not about anything but Christ, and Christ be all the glory. That, Father, we just embrace whatever it is and take ownership of whatever it is in our heart that's ruling our heart above you and your heart and your way. That, God, we give you all of our humanistic ideas and values and preferences and give it to you so that you can use us to your glory greater than we ever imagined, propelling us into your permanent purpose and destiny for our lives, that we can honor you and love others doing it. In Jesus' name. Give God a big shout. It's Pastor Mark. Come on, Pastor Mark. Man, sure do love you guys. Is anybody encouraged by the word this morning? Amen. It's just good to be reminded that no matter what's happening in our lives, we can still make a choice to let God work in us and through us in that moment, no matter how one unwanted it is. We're going to take a moment and uh, honor God through our tithe and offering because we didn't do that in the middle. So um, I'm going to read you a couple of verses. I, I don't typically wear a soccer jersey on stage, but I am today uh, because I had the opportunity. I was down in our B Kids Children's Ministry, and I was teaching down there. And so our theme this month is soccer and this idea of humility and the fact that we should pass it to win it. Could y'all say that with me? Pass it to win it. And it's this whole idea that we got to give up what we want because we believe others are important, more important than ourselves. That we've got to humble ourselves. And if I can let go of what I want so that others can get what they want, 
um, then I'm doing what God would want me to do. And there was this key verse that we read down there that goes right along with what pastor's been preaching up here, but it's Philippians 2, uh, verse 3 and 4, I guess. I'll read to you. It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look, you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen on that? That that our attitude should be the same as Jesus, who said, and it goes on there and it says, who being in nature of God, he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, that he was going to hold on to it and never let go. But he said, you know what, I'm going to let go of that so that others can know my Father, so that others can know love, so that others can know what Pastor was talking about there, that he doesn't love us the way we should be. He loves us just as we are. And so when we have the opportunity to, to give here, it's not about us. It's about letting go of what we want so that others can get what they want, what they need. Because some people don't even know they need Jesus, right? But we do. And we've got a loving God who's put us in this position. Do you realize thousands of people are going to be on this property come Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? And we have the opportunity. Yeah, we have the opportunity. God's put us in that position to show them the love of Jesus in tangible ways. And, hey, let me direct you to a parking spot kind of way. Let me pick up that trash when nobody's looking and nobody cares about me because all they want is cotton candy and bounce houses and candy. But let me pick that trash up and they'll take it to the dumpster so that we have people having an amazing experience when they're on this property. And that's saying, hey, it's not about me. It's about them. And so when we give, it's not about us. It's about those who need them. Can I get an amen on that? So let's, let's do that right now. You can give. There's envelopes in the seat in front of you. You can give through PushPay. They'll put that on the screen. You just text BHC to 77977. It's safe. It's secure. It's easy. You can even automate your giving through that so that the most important thing you do with your money every week is automatic. Uh, I mean, we automate a whole lot of other stuff that's not that important. I mean, how, how long has it been since you used that gym membership, hey? I'm sorry. I'm meddling now. I'll stop. I saw elbows going like this. So it's a great opportunity to do that with your giving. But let, let's take this opportunity to put others first. And let's not stop there. I'm going to talk about that here after we pray. Jesus, we love you, God. We thank you for this church. God, we thank you for pastors with a vision that says it's not about a building or what happens inside these four walls, but it's about our community at large. And God, when we give thousands of meals through our food bank and we put hours and man hours and resources behind an event like Springfest and hours and hours of preparation for the services on Easter Sunday, God, it's all because of you. It's all because of your sacrifice at the cross, God. And we're so grateful that we are part of your plan for redeeming this world of showing them the love of a father that some have never known, God. And as we give, God, let us give with that purpose in mind and multiply it so that many, many, many can know you and your love. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So everybody say, it's not about me. Say, it's all about them. It's all about the Easter bunny. Wait, it's not all about the Easter bunny. Look at the Easter bunny brought an offering. All those people that said the Easter Bunny's anti-Jesus, look at that. See, he just gave an offering. Hello, Easter Bunny. Are you excited about Springfest, Easter Bunny? 
That was good. That was like even like musical, like on the cue there. That was great. So the Easter Bunny is back. He's going to be at Spring Fest because there's going to be thousands of children. This coming Saturday, uh, the event starts at noon, and we've got candy bagged up galore. We've got 39 different arts and crafts vendors. We've got uh, eight or nine different food vendors that'll be out there. Uh, free inflatables. We've got the Dare Cop. We've got an Easter bunny that will be like a shadow to you. No, uh, but all kinds of fun stuff. It is going to be a great day. And if this is your church home, would you mind just raising your hand up? If this is your church home, this is what it takes for the Spring Fest to be a success. Every single one of you with your hand up. So, and a bald head. We will cut your hair if you want. No, that's optional. So we're gonna have a meeting right after this service. It'll be as quick as we can, but probably 20, 30 minutes just to kind of let all the volunteers know what positions you'll be in, how to get registered. By the way, if you volunteer, we've got a free t-shirt for you so that you will be easily recognizable. So come out right after the service, stay where you're at, use the restroom, come back, and we'll get started very shortly. Um, but please be a part of making this a success because um, it's gonna be a whole lot of fun to be able to back up on Easter Sunday. How many of you believe that God's gonna fill this house and show people the love of Jesus. And forever and a day, people are going to meet eternity and meet a Savior that loves them. And so that's the other piece I want to say. This week, um, invite people out. Get on social media, light it up. I'm going to have like a complex because the Easter Bunny's following me around. Get on social media, invite people, go through your friends list, text people, do whatever it takes to invite people out. Grab some of those invites on your way out to invite people out, but come and be a part of it. We've got service on Friday. Everybody say good Friday. It's going to be gooder because you're here Friday night at 7 o'clock for a night of prayer and worship and communion. It's always a special night and just a little bit different than a Sunday morning. And so just kind of an intimate night of worship and prayer and communion. So we hope you come out Friday at 7 o'clock and then eat Spring Fest on Saturday, two services on Sunday. And don't come if you're not bringing people. I'm, I'm just kidding. Come anyways, but invite 15, 20 people just because you can and you want to fill God's house. Amen? Once you stand to your feet, one last thing I want to tell you is uh, the week after spring break or after Easter, everybody say after Easter, on that Wednesday night, which is our night of worship, the fourth Wednesday of the month, we are going to have Bishop Clint Brown here uh, leading and ministering. Uh, Rory has been on staff with him for a couple years. Pastor Marion and Stephanie uh, go way back to World Harvest Days where they ministered with him. Just an anointed psalmist. Probably half the songs you sing and know, he wrote a bunch of them. And uh, just an amazing psalmist. So it's going to be an amazing night. I hope you'll come out and be a part of that after you hang out with the Easter Bunny at Spring Fest and on Easter morning. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you that we're part of your plan of redeeming this world who needs you, who needs love, who needs grace and forgiveness and mercy, God. As we go from here, God, bring people into our path that we can connect with, that we can invite, that we can love, God, so that they can know you like they've never known you before. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll be starting a meeting right here in just a few minutes, so hang out or use the restroom if you need to.